all things by their nature give glory to God. Everything that we know, everything that we are, everything we have known or could ever possibly know by its creation gives glory to God. Now, there are some things created directly by God. We are one of them. The angels, the animals, the trees, the rocks, all of that. And there are some things that are indirectly created by God. God created everything that we used as humankind to build this church. Even the uh, molecules of the plastic trees were created by God at some point long, long ago. So everything is created that we can touch and feel, and even those things that we can't, the angels themselves created by God. And all of those things, if they uh, act according to their nature, and as much as free will enables them, give glory to God. And we think of this as the birds of the air, the, the fish in the sea, the, the deer that runs uh, through the fields, all of them give glory to God just by doing what they do. Now, some animals, as they become more associated with humankind, kind of pick up some different traits. I, I think especially of my trainer, she has two dogs and they, she gets on them all the time because they run around the backyard and they, well, they eat what they leave. If that, I don't have to spell it out for you, but that, that doesn't give glory to God. But everything else the dogs do basically give glory to God. So by association, I think they pick up some of these weird things that they do. And we, of course, uh, having the fullness of free will, we at times can choose to give glory to God or not. Point being that the star itself, the star, as far as I know, has no free will at all, has no ability to choose whether or not to give glory to God. It was created by God, directed by God, and did exactly as it was to do. And it pointed the way by its very being to the greatness of God, to the glory of God present on earth. By its sh shimmering light, by its presence in the sky, it informed the Magi from the east of the greatness of what had just happened. And we too, if we get out of the way just a little bit, can likewise give glory to God as well. We have the two examples of human nature at work. The Magi themselves, they are curious. Our curiosity as humanity can give glory to God. They see the star rising in the West and they ask themselves, what is this all about? What does this mean? What is the divine trying to indicate. And so they set off on what we imagine to be quite a long journey, a journey that took quite a bit of time, that probably cost quite a bit, and needed their dedication. And they handed that dedication over to fulfill their curiosity. They wanted to know what God was working in the world. Herod, on the other hand, Herod really didn't much care 
He hears of all of these great things. He hears how Scripture itself points towards the rising of a Messiah in Bethlehem. And his curiosity is not for what God is working in the world. His curiosity is, how is this going to affect me? Of course, as the king of the Jews himself, it worries him that these magi, these strange men from the east, are looking for a different king. That worries him. His power is in question. His ability to maintain his comfortable way of living is put into doubt. And so he is curious as well, but not for God, for his own intentions, his own desires. This image may or may not work for some of you, but I'm hoping uh, to uh, explain it just well enough that it will. In The Lord of the Rings, either the book itself or the movies, we meet a character named Gollum. And Gollum is this uh, malformed, rather wicked creature who lives in the darkness of the caverns and is infatuated with the ring of power, his precious. But he wasn't always so. At one point, long, long before, he was Smeagol. He was one of the river folk who lived a simple life, did the things that the river folk did. He fished, he uh, ate with his friends, he lived that life. He lived the life that he was created for. But one day he found the ring of power, and in the sunlight it glimmered. It was beautiful. It gave glory not to its maker, but to its creator. There's a difference. The one who made it, made it for evil intent. The one who created it, created the gold that was made into the ring, created that gold for his glory. But it shimmers in the light. He becomes infatuated with it, so much so that he is driven by, uh, by despair, by a desire to protect what he has. He is driven into the darkness of the cave, where if we see the irony of it, the ring no longer glimmers. The ring no longer has the sun to make it shine. It's dull, and he's alone in the darkness of that cave intent on his own intentions, only worried about his own desires. He is caught up in himself and protecting what he thinks is his ultimate good. We have before us on this day, on the solemnity of the Epiphany, the opportunity the question as to whether or not we will live for God's glory, to live according to what we were created for, or to worry more about our own good, about what we want, what we want to protect, what we want to achieve, what we want. We can be like that ring and glimmer with the light of the sun, the sun that God provides us all. We can be a light that helps others recognize the power of God alive in the world. We can shine with a brightness that is not of our own,
but is that of our Creator. Or we could focus on ourselves. We could dig deep within ourselves and stay there into the cavern of our own hopes, desires, our own wishes, our own needs. We can choose one way or the other, and we can make a change. If we have lived our lives mostly concerned with ourselves, we can change. We can come out of that cave and live instead for the glory of God. Today, on the solemnity of the Epiphany, let us be a light for the world, not for our own glory, but for the glory of the one who created us, the glory of the one who loves us, the glory of the one who calls us time and again to a new way of life.